take it out, man. So, how's the training been for you? Man, training is going. Are we going straight into it, or are we? What are we doing? Um, anything. Just how has it been so far? Are you training for anything right now? Well, I got a hundred miler in uh, two weeks. Uh, I'm fixing the taper bag down. I just got a uh, got done with Bandera hundred k. What uh, January the tenth, eleventh, eleventh, twelfth. So. Not even two, three weeks ago, and uh, I used that as a training run for this Rocky 100. So you know, I'm trying to get into Western States 100, and that it's both of them are uh, a a ticket to get into Western States, and this will be my fourth year in a row doing it. Wow, that's awesome, man. That's yeah, cool. man. You inspire me a lot because you just get out the door, you do it. All about mindset, just just repetition. Yeah, that's one thing I was like, I've learned and I've, you know, it, that's the hardest part is just getting out the door and just setting huge goals. I think when I left Boston, you know, uh, I knew after Boston, I was going to go into ultra marathons after reading uh, old Badwater, uh, you know, all the stories about Badwater. And I knew I was going to do it, but that's just a huge, 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 huge uh, goal. And I was like, well, that's a stepping stone. Let me use, use all these other, other races to get to Badwater. And I heard about Western States one day. I hadn't even, I didn't know anything about trails, never less Western States 100s. And a buddy of mine I was running with said, uh, no, it wasn't even a buddy of mine. It was a buddy of my buddy. And he said, you should get into Western States. And he kind of chuckled because I didn't realize how hard it really was. I'm like, how hard could it really be? And you apparently have every year you got to do a race and it's consistently every year you got to stay consistent and do a race. And every time you do a year, you get a ticket and this will be my fourth year. So it's like 1,600 people and only 380 people. 369 go in. That's what it is. Wow. So, yeah, so, it's and it's – go ahead. Oh, so you've qualified for Western States. Am I correct? Yeah, every four years. This is my fourth year. This is my fourth year going into ultras. Uh, and that's the big, 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 huge goal. Because, see, I can go into UTMB and uh, I've qualified into UTMB. And that is like you need 15 – 15 points a year, every two years. And, like, Rocky has f- five points. Bender has four points. So that's nine points. And uh, and I think having there 100, the one I do in August, that one has five points. So you add them up in two years, and then you then you get to go do – I think there's three races, UTMB. And that race starts in France, and if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it goes in France, Switzerland, and Italy. And it goes a whole – there's a big circle of uh, – uh, Mont de Blanc or Mont de Blanc, that's how you say it. But uh, so I'm excited about that. That's a huge goal of mine. One day get uh, be able to, to do as well. Wow, that's great. So I, I want to get into um, what's your mindset like when you're running these ultra marathons compared to marathons? Do you have a different type of mindset? So it's really, yeah, it's really, it's it, it is and it's not. It's like whatever you ask your mind to do, like you have to be very specific to the minute to the second, and you have to go into it. Like Boston 18 was a great example, right? Uh, that was the coldest. That was a blizzard. That was horrible. Probably harder than any hundred mile that I've done. And I went in there like I, at mile five, I felt like mile 22, and I was like, this is not gonna work out, right? But you have to really go into this, into this boxes i call it it's between your ears and your breath and you have to stay there and your body your mind is trying to throw you out of there and it's kind of walking this fine line between two canyons and it's pushing you out to stop and everything in your body's just trying to screaming at you to beg you and stop but you have to stay in that little box and no matter what happens you stay in there for 26.2 miles as uncomfortable as you get that's the goal just stay in that box and then 
when you can control the mind, you can control the heartbeat, you can control the heartbeat, you can control the, the fuel, you can control the fuel, you can control absolutely any distance that you run. And that's the hardest part is controlling the mind. Right. So when you do these ultra races, do you break it up into segments, like five or ten yeah. mile segments? Or- yeah, there you go. So, yeah, there you go. So it's races and races. So like this next one, and I'm excited about this Rocky 100 because I've done it three years, and it was four loops of 25 miles and now they broke it up into five loops of 20 miles so it's a new experience i was kind of last year i was kind of like oh, i'm kind of done with it uh, i want to do something else but now it's a new experience all you do is you the first loop is a gimme because you feel great right first 20 miles the second one you're going to start getting a little bit uncomfortable and then you break it down you just go to three let's get to three don't worry about four or five and the lower the number don't think about man i'm in mile 45 i'm in mile 50 i'm in mile 60 no just think about four or five i'm at four Oh, let me just get to five. And then if we get uncomfortable at five, you even break it down into that loop. Let me just get to the next A station. You get to the next A station. Okay, now I'm picking up my pacer. And I usually have a pacer that can just keep me moving forward. I just move forward. Anybody can walk a 15-minute mile. That's why I always tell people. I'll, my goal is to kind of encourage people and to just get outside your comfort zone. Uh, you know, pavement running is so competitive. You know, it's just like get outside. Stop competing with your other people, with yourself. And really learn to create something else by showing your mind something new, a new adventure. And you're going outside and it's just different people and different adventures. They're very unique people. And that's what I always say. I always joke and I say, you know, I'm coming to this, to the, to the races just to meet those unique people. And sure enough, 18 hours, 19 hours will fly by. And you're like, wow, I can't believe I did 100 miles. Wow. That's awesome. Because I've personally never ran an ultra. I've ran a... I ran four marathons before, and I'm like, by mile 20, I'm like toasted. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different, yeah, it's a different experience. Like, you literally have to spread the whole, it's an adventure. Like, literally, it's so much fun that you're like, okay, I'm just going to go out here just to have a Bandera 100K. If you ever, anybody that is listening to this, Bandera 100K is a great example. It is the, one of the hardest, probably the hardest course in Texas. The cactuses bite you. The the rocks hurt your feet. I mean, I literally wanted to start crying. Started crying at mile 40 because they hurt so much. But all you're doing is let me get to the finish line and let me get to the next station, to the next station, to the next station. When you get to mile 55, okay, let's just finish. All you need is a sub-17 to get that ticket. That's what I always tell people. All you need, you can do, you can walk and then get that ticket. But as long as you're moving forward, it's almost like life. As long as you're moving forward, you can keep moving forward. And that's why I say stop competing with people. Just get to the finish line. And it's about momentum. When you start building momentum, you're like, man, you know, I have so much more in me. And that's really the goal. Just keep moving forward. Right. Because when I see people run marathons, they're just, they're just running for the time some of the people. Mm. And what I'm, I've uh, recreated a mindset for myself just to focus on myself, not people focus on my own paces and just do it gradually that way and i do that for workouts too just focus on myself and the thing with social media that i don't like is is the comparing game because that's awful and yeah it's so yeah it's so hard so one thing is i always because you know i have friends that always ask me i want to do this i want to do this i want to do that so i was like i always tell people okay this is your journey your life is your journey you're running life is your journey it's your whatever you want out of it. It's yours. You know, and I always got to the point, especially when I left Boston, my second, I already knew I was going to, after Boston, I was like, there's something more. I just, I was not fulfilled. Like it was just a time I ran a 253, 252, 250, whatever it was. And it was like, if, even if I run a 249 for a split second, you're happy. 
but what's there's something more right and I just there was something more that I was like okay I have to find it and a number did not make me happy so I always tell people find out what makes you happy and what makes me happy just moving forward and pushing my mind and I'll get to the race and in, in especially in a hundred mile or a hundred is one of the great examples it's very hard I hear it is, it's harder than bad water. You're going to want to quit. Everything hurts. But as long as you're moving forward, does your time really matter when you push your mind and your body through 100 miles? Nothing really else matters. It's your journey. It's what makes you happy. And if you want to go to Boston, set that goal. Focus on that goal. Get to that goal. But me as an addict, I'm I'm thinking that's it's like my addiction. It was never enough, like two beers, 10 beers, 15 beers, two 30 packs. I was always looking for the next high. And you're always trying to find that 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 piece what makes you happy and to me that's what i love about ultra marathons at 80 90 miles that's what makes me happy one day we'll be talking about 200 miles you know right so you've created an alcohol-free lifestyle which has changed the trajectory of your life right for running right staying in good shape so first of all, I always talk about alcohol. There is nothing wrong with alcohol. It's when it controls your life. And I am wired, programmed different. I'm wired to go all out. I do not. When I run a marathon, when I was running a marathon, I was like, okay, there's something more. You know, when even 100 miles now, like, okay, 100 miles is just a stepping stone. Let's go 200 miles. So I'm wired to go all in. Like, I don't halfway. When I heard about my first half marathon, I literally ran three miles one Saturday, six miles the next Saturday, and then a a half. And I thought that's what's training for a marathon. And I, and I said, okay, I'm ready to run a half marathon. And see, I'm just wired different. So you have to understand that as long as there's nothing wrong with drinking, it's when it starts to control your life. And you have to, and that's one thing I really like about ultra marathons that they, you get to know you, you spend a lot of times in your own mind. And I think that's what we're, we're missing is going outside and just getting to know our own selves and just disconnecting from the world. Like you said, comparing each other in social media and and that's one thing i've kind of stopped posting so much because it takes so much energy but i love insta stories because i'm still putting all my energy in there and then the right people just like you you, you know we can connect and that's what that's what it's all about is finding those birds that are flying in the same altitude that, as we do as i am and that's really my goal that's awesome and another thing i do on social media is i don't follow a lot of people that are around my same like fitness level I try to follow mm-hmm. people that are a lot higher or a lot lower. So I just, okay. I could just blank it out and do what I want to do to focus on my own goals, which has helped a lot. Right. Yeah. 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 I just think, you know, you just got to find out, like I was talking just find out what makes you happy. And that's really it. If a time makes you happy, go for it. But then I always try to look to the future me, the 50 year old me, the 60 year old me. And am I going to, am I going to ask myself, talk to say well i used to run marathons or am i still saying i'm still running marathons because i love i, I love the challenge i'm still doing 100 milers and you know when i get out there i see these guys and i stop they're 50 years old 55 and they've been there in rocky wherever i'm doing 100 miles i stop and i'm like and i stop and i said like, man you motivate me because that made you know uh there was a guy that was 40 i ran a 10:45 at bandera 100k this guy ran a nine hour at 45 that at 47 that motivates me you know that's like man that's awesome man so uh, I think that's what we should do. It's like we should be helping each other get through the finish line instead of competing with each other and putting each other down. Even though we're not putting each other down, we're still. You don't understand how that other person's feeling. It's like just help somebody, reach out to somebody, and just we're all in it together. Let's get to the finish line together. Right, because putting someone down does not 
benefit yourself. It doesn't be- benefit anyone. It actually just makes the situation a lot worse. And like, if you notice, a lot of people want to know what is like bench press. What's your bench press? They just want to see where they are compared to you. What's your marathon? What's your marathon? And if you notice, especially in the last six, seven, eight posts, I stopped putting down a time because I don't want people to compare themselves to me. I, I just want, I, I love telling a story about how hard it is. There's always a struggle in the story. And, and one thing about the mind is that if you put a time down, it's going to give you that time and that's it. But if I change the competitiveness of, of, of the mindset to a creative mindset. So now, and I go into Rocky 100, I'm creating a story for myself in the future. In the book that we're writing, we're creating it right now. Instead of competing, I'm creating that. And you change your mindset to like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to this 100 miler and I'm just going to create what I can. And if I can only do 30 miles, guess what? Make sure I do 40 miles. And slowly, Five years from now, you've you set this goal. You see what I'm saying? And, and it's all about momentum, moving forward and creating this life that you always wanted one step at a time. One thing I can relate to is that I actually stopped drinking alcohol, too. And it's it's helped my performance and mindset a lot. I like and you probably and probably your friends around you, too. Like you, those I think that's one thing I've, I've realized that those people around you, they you don't realize how people some people really don't want you to succeed. Because they, you know, they compare themselves to you. They don't want you to move up to the next level. And that's a lot of times what's holding us back, you know, is those people around us. Yeah. I think friendships are one of the toughest things to um, that are setting you to the next bar. If you want to get the bar higher, yeah. you want to be in the right environment with the right people. And see, I was just talking to my friend about this today on our run. It's like I have a, a friend that I've met a couple uh, runs of yeah, two races ago, his name's Brad, and he's just like me. We're very competitive, but we help. And JT, we help each other. We want, we, we're competing each other, but we want. It. He beats me, I beat him. We, you know, we shake each other hands, but they, we help each other get better, and we want each other to succeed. That's the thing. We want each other to to get better, and and that's one thing I love is trying to find that group. And you know, in the back of my mind, I'm looking for these ultra marathoners that have that the same give, 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 and you ask. And one day we'll be crewing each other at Badwater at Leadville. And, uh, and you can create that crew around you that everybody's given and succeeding, that you've created this community of that everybody's winning. You see what I'm saying? There's so much for everybody to win instead of take, take, take. Let's give each other everything that you're going to be like, you know, yep. it, that's a different that's a different mindset. Right. And I think mindset's 90 percent and then physical's 10 percent. I honestly think it's that way. Yeah, it's uh, once the older I get, though, the more it's like it's all in my hips. Though I would say it's all in the mind, but then the older I get, I was like, man, I need to start doing more <laughs> hip work because the hips, the hips don't don't want to, or the body, you know, it's always something. But you know, one thing I've learned about hundred milers, and it's insane, is that I don't know if you notice this, but like if you don't have a race, something looking forward to, the body, you're like, man, I don't really have, you know, what's going on in 2020. Nobody want. There was a lot of people that lost, they lost. Uh, momentum they you know there was there wasn't a race so they didn't want to get out i don't know i've lost my fitness i was like no but when you're passionate so i always tell people find your passion find what drives you find you'll always you will never get burned out because you love that you love what drives you and that's what running is part of it but what drives me is just moving forward like who's going to be here at 70 years old moving forward and that's what really motivates in my passion right because i think 2020 is underrated to an extent because mm-hmm. people could have had the opportunity to do more and set the bar Mm -hmm. higher just Mm -hmm. instead of just do what everyone else in society is doing and 
just work. Right? Yeah, and then just have yeah, and it ha- yeah, it ha- all right, and having an excuse and, and and you know, and like I had Habanero hundred got canceled, and I was like, why don't I create my own race? So we did the hundred k, and it was basically the same thing, the same day, twelve o'clock. I invited absolutely everybody and only like four people showed up and I had a buddy did the 50K and my other friend did the 100K and I did the 100 and my, uh, yeah, there was two of them did the 50K and it's, it's a tough course, but you cannot, my goal is not to skip a beat. Like people are like, how do you not skip a beat? I was like, man, because the mind, as long as you have something to look forward to, the mind will heal the body and will just get and go. And that's what I was getting to is that, have you noticed when you don't have a race, everything hurts. But the minute you have a race, it's like the adrenaline heals the body, and you're like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's not worry about the time. They just keep, let's just keep going out there and and pushing the mind and just keep moving forward. And you know, like I always say, a 15 minute mile still breaks a 24 hour hundred a hundred mile. You can still get a silver uh, buckle at Rocky 100. Right. I could strongly relate to this because when I ran the New York City Marathon, my mind was shot, my body was shot. I was, I was broken down. Like. Every inch of my body is broken down, but I had like four or five more miles to go, and I just, I just like um, powered through it, and everything. I bet you. I just. Yeah, I bet it was that energy too, right? The energy and everybody around you, and the, yeah, you powered through the, to get to the finish line. Yeah, I think that's one of the really big things to when you want to finish. Just don't think about stopping. Just if you have to, just go a little bit faster than walking. Or just do a jog or something just to get you going. Just to you know, that's what I love about that's exactly what I love about ultra marathons that are different between pavement. P- pavement people that have never experienced an ultra marathon, they always think how do you even run that much? You don't. You can stop, you can take a nap. Uh, you know, you have thirty hours to do hundred miles. Pace yourself, pace yourself. It's not the fast it's not who's gonna go out the fastest, but who can finish the strongest and that's life itself we're all strong you know how fast can you think about all these people that came out hard the first two years on their on their training and where they at now you see and so it's like i pace myself so i train enough where i'm not getting burned out where i hey if i take a nap i mean take a uh you know rest day take a rest day you know pace yourself i'm 42 years old let me get to 50 years old i'm breaking i'm breaking my life down just like those ultras let me just get to 60 let's just keep moving forward let's keep moving forward and that's what i was trying to encourage people just get out get out to an ultra marathon do 50k and just have fun and then you'll be realize okay that's not bad you become what you see and that's why i would tell people just go out and see an adventure and you that's what you will become and i think one of the most important things for running is just just run even if you don't feel good just get out the door and do it because yeah it's cr- yeah it's crazy how, how how that makes your whole day different when even and it's have you noticed too it's always the runs that you don't want to do turn out to be the best runs yeah at, you're like and at some point if you just be if someone be is patient and just waits while they're running for a couple minutes it could turn into an amazing run the first 5 minutes yeah it could have been terrible yeah, it's, a, 50 minutes. it's always like that first mile, man, that first mile. Yeah, the first mile is, can be the one of the mentally tough parts of the run. Yeah, so I was always trying to remind myself how great I'm going to feel after I'm done. It's just like, just go out. You're going to feel great. You're going to have that runner's high and just, you know, and disconnect. And uh, that's one thing I always try to remind myself. And, you know, that starts out my day, right? I drop the kids off at school. Then for, I only have. I don't have a lot of time. So from 7.30 to 8.30, I got to be at work at 9, 9.15. It's like, let's get – how many miles can I get in this little this little span? Right. And uh, and it just like, get in and get out. That's my goal. Just get in and get out. So I have a question. Are you more of a morning runner or afternoon or a night runner? Which one 
You prefer? So, I'm more of a morning runner until like if I I'm getting to these hundred uh, miles. I, I like doing doubles like in the morning, go to work, and then do a fatigue run in the evening. So that evening run really prepares you how you are going to feel in a hundred mile, in mile seventy, mile eighty, mile ninety. If you can teach your mind to to move, not run, to move when it's fatigued. You can do anything, and that is the hardest part: controlling the mind to go when it's fatigued and you're tired. In my eighty, it's a, it's you know, it's, it's it's just trying to play mind games with you. Just just get out and just move forward, and uh, controlling the mind just and that's a, probably one of the best. So as long, it just depends on my distances, and uh, and I like going up and down distances. That's kind of my favorite. I like going from even doing five k's. You know, at Turkey Trot, I'm doing five k's, and then I'm moving up to you know, half marathon, 50Ks, 100Ks, 100 miles, back to a half marathon. You know, try not to lose that speed. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to lose my speed. No, you still run a, you know, 117, 118 half marathon. It's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. Right. It's it's from any distance, from a mile to a marathon. And yep. a, a sub-five-minute mile can be a lot harder for someone running a, a four-hour marathon. I mean, it, real, it yeah. all depends. It, well, it, yeah, it goes back to, like I was saying, it goes back to what makes you happy and what really wa- what's really going to be helping you move forward in life. It's just a tool. Racing, running, and racing is just a tool for us to get through life. You know, a lot of people, as I always say, man, people are always so stressed out because they don't have anything. They're, it's always this, you know, I hate my job. Uh, this sucks. This sucks. But get outside, do something that's going to help you and motivate you to, you know, just, I don't even worry about it. People cut me off during the, eh, you know, whatever. You know, my wife's like, you're so passive. I'm like, eh, what am I going to worry about it? You know, uh, I have, some, I have uh, you know, just enjoy my days. Right. Because one of the things I think is really important is being present in the moment instead of just worrying about the future, just focus on what's now. And if you do that, it's going to, it's going to be beneficial for the future. Right, right. So that goes back to the creative mindset instead of the competitive mindset. When you're creating at that moment, you're creating new patterns in your mind that has never been there before. You've never saved. You never run a trail. I've never been here, but don't try to compete. Say, you know what? Let me, the mind's just trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. That's it. It does not, all it cares is about to keep you alive. It does not care about the time. So that's the goal is to, to control the mind and just get to point A to point B. And then what you're doing is building new patterns in the mind that says, wow, I've crossed 100K, never done that before. Let me just get to my 70. Wow, it's a new threshold. The mind's going, what is going on? And now you build a new, a stronger mindset. That's where the, the, it's all in the struggle, forcing yourself to get outside your comfort zone and just get, enjoy the struggle and that creative mindset will do it, will help you, will help you get there. Right. So I wanted to switch the topic a little bit. And talk about like race nutrition. What is like your race nutrition for ultras through 50K to okay. 100 miles? Do you do it differently or do you do it the same? Uh, 50Ks are actually pretty the, 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 the most fun uh, because it depends on the loops. I like going Coke, Tailwind, Tailwind Coke, and really that's it. That's it, because you're only going four four hours and thirty minutes, and as long as you don't have a lot of coke, uh, and I mean Coca Cola, <laughs> guys, and uh, you have, <laughs> you know, people don't know. But anyway, so you get some Coca Cola in there, get the little get the little ones. It'll get you just enough and burning. The the secret is not too much too early, because after fifty k, you start doing that too much. That's where the gut goes into uh, into 
into the crappers literally. And so, and then a hundred K it just, you got to just keep changing it, uh, changing it up. Uh, I like going tailwind through 50 miles and then, uh, you know, just change it up. And it's, it's, that's, that's the secret is you have to just be in the moment to see, okay, at that moment, what am I craving at that moment? So I like doing something, something sweet and something salty, something sweet, something salty. Uh, maybe some, you know, Pringles, maybe some uh, some uh, potatoes later after mile 80. We were just talking about this on our run. Uh, mashed potatoes and chicken broth in our bottle after mile 80 and 90. Just get the calories in you. Chicken quesadillas, bacon after 90. Uh, I'm trying some avocado bread and bacon sandwiches on my runs right now. So you literally have to, and everybody's different. So you have to really just keep trying and trying and figure out. And that is the hardest part. It's the gut. The mind comes into play, but the gut after mile 80, mile 90. Uh, so I have a checklist in my mind. I said, okay, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm not in pain. I'm not in pain. My knees are good. My, I'm uncomfortable. But as long as I have food and water, I'm okay. I'm not going to die, you know, and just keep moving forward. Right, because I think the body can handle a lot. Like, you could probably run over a marathon if you had to without any, like, goo packs. And I personally think goo packs aren't good. Like, I know some mm-hmm. people use them, but, like, there's a lot of sugar and a lot of chemicals they add in it. Yeah, that goes back to that goes back to finding out. And the more you do it, I think the more you do it. And when I, got, when I went to Boston last time I did a marathon, I only did three gels of spring energy, three of them. I did five, five, five ten, and 15. After 15, I didn't even need anything because I was basically aerobic throughout the – that's another thing, too, running aerobically and not going out too hard. People go out too hard on a marathon. They're almost on threshold and they go through all their fields. So mile 22, you're, you know, you have to learn how to pace a marathon. I think the, the marathon is the most, is it's, it, you have to learn how to pace it. It's, it's very, it's a fun, it's a fun distance. To me, they're all fun distances because they're, it's a different, it's almost like a, a puzzle you got to put together. And right when you think you have a figure it out, you go, oh, it got me. Just been there. It was a great example. Mile 50, I felt great to 42, 43. I'm like, all I have is, you know, half marathon, I'm feeling good. And then it just, for some reason, I stopped feeling like I needed to. I bonked at the easiest part of the course and I was like, survival mode. Let's just go. Let's just get it done, you know? But that's the beauty. I think you you really, really appreciate every finish line when you can put yourself through that struggle and you're like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. But then you cross the finish line, you're like, wow, I'm done. I'm happy. Let's go. Let's get it done. Let's go home. Right. Just, Just getting it done. One of the most important parts. Yeah. Yeah. And looking back, I'm telling you, if you can create and create your life, especially if you're young, you were 25 years old, uh, under 25 years old, create the life you want to by that mindset, have it every day. You get to create your life and don't for, don't compete with people. Just create that life. And, and if it's something you force yourself, if you don't like talking to people, force yourself, go talk to somebody new, uh, learn to be uncomfortable, learn to, you know, uh, that's the keys. Learn to, to struggle. The, the the more struggle you get, the the better. Uh, uh, just the mindset has to work a little bit harder, and the mind will become sharper. The older we get, the sharper the mind gets, and the older we become. If that makes sense, right. the younger we become, the older we get. If that makes sense. So, what is your um, nutrition like? Like your diet? Are you you're not vegan, right? Are you? No, I am not vegan. I've tried keto training, which I absolutely love the way I look, but I just, I could not, like, I'm right now. Okay. So first of all, is that your, the food is nutrients. 
and it's you have to feed the body to get to point the finish line. So always, and it and it's hard for because when you're ultra running, you can absolutely eat anything you want, Oreos, chips, whatever it is. But are you getting the nutrients out of it? So that's why I always tell people just try to understand that eighty percent of it. Try to get the nutrients in. You know, on the weekends, go get you some. It's gonna be okay. Go get you a pizza. Go get you a burger. Go get you some ice cream. Go get you some cakes. But as long as you're doing eighty twenty, you're gonna be okay. And I think that's the beauty of running is the reward of eating what you really want, you know? Right. I think people should not restrict themselves too much because if you do that, you could bounce right off of a diet or something. Like, you just want to – you want to have at least a cheat meal meal per week if you're going to train hard just to reset your body. What? Well, it's so hard because we tend we tend to label everything, right? Everything is a diet. We got keto this, we got this, this, and that. So I try to go away from labels, even with the ultra running. I try to say I'm not an ultra runner. I'm a creator. I'm not. And so we become what we uh, we speak, right? So it's kind of like hard. And then we the mind wants what it doesn't have. So if I'm on keto now, all I want is a pizza and bread. It wants. So that's one thing I've learned is that it wants what it can't have. So I'm blessed now that I don't want alcohol because I've had it. I'm fixing to be nine and a half years sober. But the first, you know, year, two years, it was hard. I'm like, man, I want a drink. I want one drink. And you have to realize that that the mind is like it wants what it, it cannot have. So I try not to label that. Even even as uh, being sober, I try not to even uh, say I'm sober because a lot of people, they, they have a defense mechanism and they try to compare. Well, I'm not. But I'm like, it's OK. Just keep moving forward. And as long as you're moving forward, that's all you can. That's all you can uh, do, right. you know. Because when I um, gave up alcohol for a month, it was really hard because I didn't, (laughs) I didn't stop drinking for like seven years. Well, I was a a social drinker, not like a alcoholic, I guess, but. Yeah, no, I was an alcoholic. I was all that. I'll drink two 30 packs a week on Tuesdays. That was my reset week. Wednesday was reset week. Thursday, I was having two 30 packs. And I was I was ready to go. Like I, you know, I was 230 pounds. I was I was a mess. And I tell people that I was a mess. That's why I don't judge anybody. I said I know what you're going to going through, you know. But I, one thing I've learned: as long as you have a huge goal, huge goal, like this is not. I'd be nice. That attitude. It'd be nice to go do a half marathon. No, huge goal. Like I want to do a marathon, and then I'm gonna do a 50k, and then I'm gonna do a hundred. Because the mind is so focused on that finish line that it just it distracts you away from what's really uh, keeping you down, if that makes sense. Because I think the half marathon is a a turning point for a lot of people in training. Because myself, personally, when I ran the half marathon, I was like, oh, wow, could I actually run a marathon? Because I wasn't sure if I could run a full marathon. So it was like a year later, I ran a marathon. And then a year after, I ran another and I had a, a PR of 30 minutes, which was three hours and 30 minutes, which is my current um, marathon PR. And I was like, wow. Yeah, you see, and yeah, you see like the pattern you're building. That's how you got to think about it. Don't think about, man, I'm the three hour, like especially a sub three hour marathon, right? It's like, it is, it's insane how your your mind would just say it does not, it, it, if you can't imagine it, it will never happen. If you cannot imagine it, it will never happen. A quick little story when I wanted to break, uh, the 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 full marathon i mean it was like fast i went from a three on my second marathon and i'm like all i want is a three-hour marathon and i was galveston marathon and i'm dying in my 25 and a half 
And I just, there is no way I can do a three-hour marathon. And I crossed the finish line at three hours and 25 seconds because that's what I asked my mind to do, a three-hour marathon. Now, if I would have, now, the next marathon, you know what I did? I tricked the mind. And I'd say, I didn't want a three-hour marathon. I wanted a 249. And I tricked it. And I got a 253. I had a seven-minute PR only because I tricked the mind. I tricked the mind because it only cares is to keep you alive. It doesn't care about your time. It wants to keep you alive. So I tricked the mind because the mind said, hey, I won. Because if you would have gone to 249, 248, you would have died. So I gave you a 253. And guess what? I tricked it because I said, no, I won. I beat right. you. And it's crazy how that mind game works. And that's what I'm struggling right now with that 18-hour at Rocky. Okay, what is is that time really going to make me happy? Or being able to do what I love at my birthday weekend is going to make me happy. You see what I'm saying? What is really going to make me happy? And just being out there with my friends, and that's what makes me happy, just being out there with that adventure. My, if I do a 1730 out there, oh, that's great. But guess what? The competitive side of me next year is going to be, oh, I want a 1750 until I get to a point where I'm never going to be able to satisfy that, where it's like, okay, I have to go away from that. Let's get back to finding out what's really happy, makes me happy. And then controlling the mind, that's what makes me happy right, as well. Because I think – changing the mindset and training is like super important because I wasn't hitting PRs at one point while doing the half marathon training. So what I did was I switched my training up, my strength training plans a little bit, just tweaking it, not doing the exact same thing. And big results were happening as because of that. But you know, what's, what's crazy as well, try this. And I'm, man, I kid you not try this, go and sign up for a 50 K. Don't even think about it. Do a 50K and it, your mind is like, no, 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 don't do it. Do a 50K, but don't even worry about the time. Just do a 50K. Go back to the marathon and you will have a huge PR because the mind is, has, you've expanded the mind. So now you're going like, this is just 26 miles. I've gone 32 miles. And you, it, you will create this energy in the mind that you're like, wow. And then you keep tricking the mind. Now let's do a 50 miler just for fun. You go back to the 32 mile. It was like, wow. And you keep doing that, it's controlling the mind, creating a new mindset. And that's the secret. You have to learn how to create a new mindset. And that's what we're programmed, especially as Americans. We are programmed and wired to compete. But that's how they keep us down instead of moving forward and say, no, I'm not going to compete. I'm going to be able to create a new – it's like a new journey, a new adventure. It, just try it and let me know how it right, goes. Because – the, the body is designed to run and work out because you get endorphins, you get the runner's high. It, it wants you to reach new levels that you haven't before. It's, it's actually, it's just. It's, well, it's a, well that's, that's what we built. We're built to hunt and gather. And now everything's so easy. Now we go to the, you know, Oh, I want to go eat older pizza. We don't have to do anything. We don't challenge ourselves anymore. So that's what we have not, Everything is just so simple that it's not in the struggle. There's no struggle. Everything, you know, and if you ever notice somebody that's really tough, the toughest person that has, you know, and I know I probably could do two or three of my good friends, they always had a struggle. They have over, overcame because the struggle of running and moving 100 miles is like, what's, I've beat an addiction. I've beat, you know, a dark thought to suicide. I've beat all that stuff. This is nothing, you know? What am I doing? What am I, uh, this, let me just move forward and get to that finish line and just move on. And that's, that's where it's at. It's just keep forcing yourself to struggle, force yourself to get us out of your comfort zone and just struggle. Right. And also I think that society thinks, which is, which I do not think is true is that sitting on a couch all day on your phone and the TV in the winter is like 
it's healthy and it's good for you, but it's really not. Like you should you should be uncomfortable, which will actually make you happier. Which is, you know, kind of. Yeah, you said it right on the. You said it. You said it just right, man. So one of my goals is just to to be so uncomfortable that it's just like being comfortable with being uncomfortable and just being automatic. Where you just go in a race and just get in, get out. Like don't put so much energy into this race that you know even something it takes so much out of you that you're like, man, I can never do that again. Just get in. Like Bandera, all we did is like one of our goals was to you know just get in right as the sun goes down, and it's so beautiful how you can control the mind and can control the heartbeat and can control your whole day by just saying i'm gonna be in the finish line as the sun goes down and guess what we did as the sun goes down i'm stopping my watch 6 15 and boom and i told my wife i said you know what we need to do just let's get let's get in let's get out and that's what we did we came for a job we got our job and now we're starting to focus on rocky 100 three weeks later how do you run 100K and 100 mile back to back? Well, that's it. Allow the body to recover. Let's go into a new situation. Let's imagine the whole race in our heads and then get in and get out and then just move on. Life's about stop beating yourself up, get in right. and get out. And like I said before, I think there's a, there's a magic in misery. There, there really is. It, it, just someone needs to experience it for themselves and they'll realize that. And I didn't realize that till I was well, put- a teenager because I was lazy. I was a lazy person. But when I started to find running, I was like, oh, wow, I ran two miles. And I was like, that was a lot for me back then. And I, then a week later, I ran like six, seven miles. I was like, holy cow, I feel great. I have the runners high. I'm, I'm feeling the misery. But at the, when I finish, I feel amazing because it's like the anti-drug. Right, right. Yeah, it kind of like, it, but it, 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 when you're mi- miserable, when you're in, in, like, we all have been through, especially a runner, you're like, why do I keep putting myself, I don't do, you know what's crazy, I don't do it as much in ultras as I did in half marathons. Half marathons are tough because you have to go out and you got to hold that pace. It, whatever time you want, you got to hold that pace. And I'm like, why do I keep putting myself in this situation, right? And marathons the same way. Why do I keep putting myself in this situation? But one thing I've realized that that mystery, it makes you, when you go back to your real life, it makes you really appreciate what you have and how calm everything really is and the little stuff that you don't stop and think about man just the little things will make you appreciate when you're not miserable yep you know and it's better sometimes to not know everything you just have to do it to just find out for yourself yeah that yeah yeah life's an adventure man so i want to get into um equipment and shoes so what kind of shoes do you wear for uh, marathon training? What's your favorite? Oh, so really my favorite shoe is the Ultra Escalantes for marathon training. I love them. The 1.5s, the 2.0s, were the, I think they started to change them. And I don't know why companies do that. They change them. I think they should always keep that one model until they stop selling. That's my opinion. Feedback to all the business uh, guys out there. But the 1.5s, uh, Escalantes, I love them. They got a little pop to them. Uh, and then the Torrens, I do a lot of, like, if I do a lot of mileage, that, those shoes are wide and they can keep, I've put a thousand miles on one pair of shoes. I'm, I'm riding at about 450, 500 on, on these, uh, on the, I want to say the 3.0s, the 3.5s. And, uh, and I really like them. They hold up really well because I mean, think about it. If you're doing 400 miles a month, that's, you know, that's a lot of that's money lot of every month. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so you, like, yeah. Switch the soles yeah. out. 
Yeah, so that's what one thing I really we're messing with right now is just finding and just getting that cushion, change the insoles out, put a new insole in, and find. I finally found one cheap one that I absolutely love, and I'm getting you know 100, 200 miles to it, and I'm like, hey, whatever I can to save money. But a lot of times too, you know, sometimes when your body's screaming at you, it says, hey, my hip is bothering, you know, it's time to probably buy right, some new shoes. I think everyone has their own favorite or special type of shoe. I'm an Asics person, so. And Nike, I like to bounce back between those. Yeah, and that's the hardest part is finding the – I always tell people, just find what works for you, and that's that's great. Whatever – and, you know, with 100 miles, uh, your feet swell up. That I mean, you have to keep changing them out. Uh, they used to have – Ultra used to have a shoe called the Lone Peaks. Man, I could run – the first ones they came out with, I ran, no lie, like four Ultras in what, the wow. same pair of shoes. And they just, they, yeah. And then they started making them just hard. I kind of like, uh, it's so hard. I don't know why they change it, but the hardest part, I think, I think the hardest part is really finding the shoes that work for you. And I really like these Torrens. Torrens, I'm thinking I'm gonna go with the Torrens at Rocky 100 next couple of weeks, and then uh, for probably 30 miles, uh, 40 miles, and then just change them out. I have two pair of those, and then the, some tints. They're it kind of the same with a little grip oh, on the okay. bottom. That's that's mm-hmm. cool. So. Um how what is the um course like for the um the habanero is it like more of technical trails or no the habanero is a miserable place i do not recommend it to anybody that wants to do their first ultra there unless you are just love brutal being brutal it's just miserable so it starts at 12 o'clock it's in august it starts at 12 o'clock 80 percent of it is sand it's a cattle ranch and you do one loop is a 10K, and you do that 16 times. And the weather in Texas, it's 110 degrees. It feels like 110 degrees in August. So you have to do that 16 times. So you're running through the heat, through the night, and then you do not want to be there again at when it starts getting hot is in the next day. But it is so hard that he gives you your money back if you do it under 24 hours. And I think I did like a 21 and a half last year, 22, 15, wow. or something like that. And yeah, it always miserable. So you've done all the habaneros, right? All the right. I've won the hundred k, and I got second wow, place on the hundred awesome. miler. That's great. And I really think what it comes back down to is the mindset again. That's a really big. Yeah, the mind. Well, back to breaking it down, like break. Like you have to have a why. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Your why has to be greater than your what. We know that, right? So it's like, why are you doing it? And I love. I think. I'm, I, you know, tell you the truth, I'm really not a fast 100 miler, but I'm really good at just not backing down. Like, I, I can push, I can push, I can push. I've, I've ran that right. When I won the 100K, I sprained my ankle somehow because there's not any roots there. I sprained my ankle. It, it was 100K, so it was, I sprained it by mile 45, and I ran 18, 15, 18 miles with a sprained ankle, and it was so big. But my mind is so focused on the finish line that you do not even feel the pain. It, it's you don't feel the pain so that's the goal is to really focus on your finish line like what is your finish line in your life and what's really motivating you to get outside and get you motivated outside and it's your passion whatever gets right. you outside and it's your so you've built a mindset so strong that just like breaking a bone if you're like if you're so like into it you're not gonna notice it because just like it's just so it's just so strong the mental mindset game when you're in that moment. Well, the mind, that's what I'm saying. When you're in that moment, the mind is always wants to do is get you to that finish line. And then 16 times, all you want to do is pace yourself, 
pacers. So the first, when I tell people this, the first six hours from noon to 530, 6 o'clock, if you can brisk walk six hours, you can beat that course. But if you're running the first two loops, you're in trouble. You're not going to be able to. And then you can start running through the night, but then the night fatigue starts to wear you down. Five in the morning, you, you start hearing the coyotes howling, and they start playing mind games with you. Then in the and then then for some reason, there's a whole bunch of diamonds in the ground, and it's all the spiders. You can see it with your headlamp, and it starts playing mind games with you. And then the sand starts playing mind games with you. So it's, so it's fun. It's just you and your finish line. It's like, why are you doing it? Get to your finish line, and then uh, you know, and just keep moving. And that's kind of, we'll see what happens yeah. next year. Cause we're going to go back so out and get next what year. What do you, um, usually do the week before a race like that? What's your, uh, nutrition like? On a- nutrition is trying to just eat as clean as I can, which is so hard to do because I'm a foodie and, uh, just rest like sleep. Sometimes like I always try to tell myself like six miles, six miles really gonna, seven miles really gonna help me get better. No, just sleep. Just, you know, I go, especially with ultra marathon, just sleep, you know, with, with the marathons, you kind of want to keep that little, uh, turn around, turnover on your legs, you know, maybe two, three days before the day before kind of do some, some inter, not interval with some, uh, um, what do you call them? Some, uh, ins and outs and just turn the legs over, get those legs popping, you know, three K pace. Yeah. Far lifts. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, uh, you know, just short, you know, 15, 20 seconds, um, and then just turn the legs over so you can get that pop because you, yeah, you'll lose a little bit of that speed going into ultras. Uh, but as long as you're doing those intervals on Tuesdays, right, you're good. I think strides are really good too. For, strides, for, that's what I'm like. Strides. Type of distance. I think strides are great. Mm. Just to get that. I love strides with floats. And I'm, I'm telling you, you can never go wrong with strides, like 30 second strides with like your, you know, uh, like a 45 second float and you can get it out, you can control the mind. So one thing I really like about those strides with floats is that when you jog, you kind of, the mind is like, okay, I'm going to relax, but you really control the mind because if you notice like in a half marathon, you can push, who's going to be able to push a mile 11 and a half, 12. And that's that you, if you've been practicing those intervals, those ins and outs at, you know, 5k pace, uh, 5K pace, have uh, marathon pace, and you go in and out, go in and out. So mine would be like a 5:30, 6:30, 5:30, 6:30, And then the more you can teach that mindset to still control that pace, you can still, you can still turn the legs over and still keep your speed if you still want to do both, have marathon, marathons, 5Ks, and 100-milers. Yeah, because I think, I think speed's really important too, and also I think tempo runs are really important, especially for like – yeah, see, I get, I get caught up a lot on uh, steady states. I love steady states because I get the like the, the most high off of it, and I and so sometimes I have to kind of look back. Said, okay, I've been doing a lot of steady states. Uh, Z three gets a lot of bad rep, you know that one fifty two, one fifty three. I love it. I just love it. It makes me feel the best. Easy runs are my hardest. I have to force myself to go out to the trails with friends and kind of just recover runs. So I think you have to really feed all your runs at the right time, at the right moment, and then you know, strength work and everything. Just, you have to be able to kind of be honest with yourself. Oh, I'm doing too much of this. I need to do this. And it's always the stuff that we hate to do is that like, okay, I have to force myself to do that. And mine is easy runs. I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate running easy and that's uh, easy runs. So that's one thing I had, I'll have to work on. on. That too because sometimes I run 30 or 40 seconds per mile faster on my easy days. And I'm like, that's not, might not help like those hard days. Keep it easy. Yeah, it's so hard. It, it, it is. It's so hard. So what's your strength training like usually? How many days a week do you lift weights? 
so I try, yeah, yeah. It all like again, it all depends on like it all depends on the race and the distance. And so, like, if I'm going, I try the same thing. Like, you got to think about it the same way as you are doing a training block. So, what I like to do, say for Bandera Rocky, you have a huge peak in, into that 62 miles and 100 miles. So I start about 14 weeks out, 13 weeks out, and I start building, building strength, building strength, building strength. My base is still base. My strength is high. And then I sweat, and then I swap it. Right when I start to train, my running goes up and my strength work goes down. But I've built so much muscle that I can put those miles up without getting right. hurt. I, that makes I sense. see you out there doing strength training all the time. That must feel great when you're running. Feel nice and good. Yeah, yeah. And another thing too, like it, like you, you, you feel like you could just keep going. You're in a race. That's you have an advantage. You're like, okay, my legs. I don't have knee pain. My glutes are firing. I'm. A, I can climb like those. Uh, I think Bandera was. I I picked up 8,200, 8,300 elevation gain, uh, for 62 miles. And I mean, I can climb all day. I could just climb because the hamstrings and the glutes are strong, and I could just go. I can just go, and that's just an advantage that you have uh, in right, that distance. I've seen some people on Instagram. I don't know, but some people might might not strength train enough for ultras. Like, I think you should do it at least like one or two days a week, right? Just to yeah, well, yeah, well, find out what I mean. It, it just it depends on how your crazy your life is. That just becomes a priority. That's one thing I like about it. Moving it at fourteen weeks prior to it, we're like, okay, it, I really don't have a lot of time, but I, I'm I'm basically doing this switching days instead of doing five days strength training, four days running. Now I'm doing five days strength training and and vice versa, and then or six days uh, running, and then as I start to peak, and uh, you know, and I tend to get bored doing the same thing. Like running, 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 running. And then so it kind of gives me a great balance. I think that's the hardest part is finding that balance right. for your so life. Do you do any other kind of strength training like biking or elliptical? Uh, no, see, I like to bike like you uh, the week of the, ra- uh, the race. I like to, you know, two, three uh, days biking just to get moving because um, that's really it. So I might do biking before and after. After my 100k to 100 mile, I'll do some biking. I stay off my I stay off my feet for whatever day. Say I do 100k that's 62 miles that's six days. So for every 10 miles, oh, okay. I'll take a day off. That's that's great. So I, I um cross train a little bit. I'll do the mountain bike. I'll lift weights once or twice a week too, just to switch it up. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm telling you, it's finding what you enjoy to do, and everybody's different. Like, you just got to find out. You have to find out what really, yeah, what makes you happy. And I, I sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, sometimes it kind of, bec- the running becomes like a job where I'm like, uh, you know, I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take it easy. I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to, maybe I just, if you're not looking forward to your run, if you're not looking forward to get outside, it becomes a job. It's like you have to really step back and really start looking at other things because you got to learn to pace yourself throughout your life, and that's how I want to see it. I want to just... I pace myself right, because I love it so much. Running isn't just like a short-term thing. I think more people should consider making it a lifestyle. Just do it as long as you can. Switch things up. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing week after week. You could incorporate new things over time. Well, we come. We just build patterns. You know, we do the same thing over and over, and we just become that that pattern. And that's what I always talk about: just staying consistent. Don't you know the aggravates me the most? How many miles do you run? It's like it's not how many miles you can run; it's how many miles you can run 
consistently without going backwards and losing, getting hurt. We're like, I lost all my base. I had to start all over. So every race is just like a training run. And then I go back down and I start climbing. I start climbing slowly back up and then I go back down. Then I go back up and every year it's just a building block. Every race is just a building block. It's just a stepping stone. You got to just keep moving slowly forward and then climb down right, and then climb back up. When I'm done with marathon training, I, I won't jump right into another cycle. I'll take a few months off just to let my body like renew itself and just to make sure I'll be good to go for the next yeah. one and not be burnt out. Yeah, and it's so hard. Yeah, and it's so hard to do right after, right after, because you have the runners high like the Monday, that Tuesday, that Wednesday, especially after a marathon. You're like so high. You're like, I want to get back. I'm ready to get back. And then that's the hardest part. You know, people always talk about discipline. You're disciplined to get out the door. I don't think so. I think you have to be disciplined to know when to kind of hold back and say, you know what, I need, I need to rest. It's it's okay for me to rest. You know, it's not just go 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 go. Hey, I need to rest. It's one thing. You know, I've had to really really work on with work working, you know, I was working 50, 55, 60 hours and trying to train 60 hour weeks and trying to balance life and the family. And I had a, a adrenal fatigue three, uh, two years ago at Bandera 19. Uh, and I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. I have to find out what, what is work, what's not working so I can make it work. And now I'm in a really great right, place in my life. I think it's better to be a little, a lot undertrained instead of a little overtrained. You want to just make sure you're right under the, um, yeah, you yeah, you hit it right on, man. It's better to be undertrained and then an overtrain. Because once you're overtraining, you're hurt. You can't gut it out. That uh, race, Bandera, uh, 19, that I said, I, my, I was standing at the starting line. My heart rate was a, a 150. I wasn't even moving. I had adrenal fatigue. I was just, I didn't have any muscle. I, I weigh about 175, 178. I ran, I run really good at 178, uh, 50Ks. And, and a lot of people, that's a lot of weight. But it makes, but that's muscle for me. And I was weighing 160. I was in a bad spot. I, I, my, my adrenals were shocked. My mind was shocked. I started, I started cramping in mile uh, 28, 29. I'm just coming off a of DNF habanero. I don't know if you knew this, but I, when I won the 100K, the next year I went for my first 100 miler, I DNF. And then because I had a runner's knee, I was so skinny. I was so out of, I was, I was in a very bad place. And then I went to Bandera. I was in a bad spot, and that's when it was – it was like a shifting in my life. I said, I have to – this is not what's working. That's why I would tell people, figure out what's not working and stop doing it. Stop digging yourself a hole. And then start – you know, stop – that's, I think, what they say. Step one is stop digging yourself a hole. And then so that was step one. We figure out what didn't work. And then, okay, well, that worked when I won the 100K. Why don't we go back to that? And it was like magic. Boom. It just worked for me. So don't get so caught up with somebody's running – you know, Jim Walmsley is running 150 miles a week. Well, that's his job. You know, and that's what he I has to do. People are built yeah. to run that much, and I'm I'm honestly a lower mileage runner. I've tried running 70 miles a week. My body does not like it, and I've tried different things. I've strength trained. I've done cutback weeks and everything, and I've gotten enough sleep. It just it, it just doesn't hit hit off. And, you know, one, one thing as well that I've noticed is that what, how busy is your, your life as well? You're a student, you have this, you got to go to work and you have to, I mean, you literally have to learn to balance everything out. So when I'm looking at somebody's like, you know, there's a single mom with two kids, works 40, you know, works, everything is stress. Running is stress. Working is stress. The kids are stressed. It's, it, she's got everything in her, in her, on her, you know, in her mind. And, and I'm, so I'm telling her to do a hundred miles. No, it's going to break her. Right. So it's just enough to just slowly 
get her moving and slowly just get her still get to that finish line and how did it feel let's just slowly keep building and don't go back and that's the hard and you're the only one that knows what right. works for you because if you're if you're at least under trained you'll have the chance to um you could build your performance up but if you're over trained you'll have to um you might have to take weeks off and you, before you, you can um restart again yeah. Or even, you know, DNF a race. And that's the worst. As people always say, and this, this is one thing I want to talk about DNF. Like, it's okay to DNF a race. The only thing it says is that whatever you did to that race did not work. So the ego, you have to put the ego inside and say, this did not work. When I DNF that 100 miler, I gave it all I had another way. And it just didn't work. And I was running 100 mile weeks, losing. I lost so much weight. I was 161 pounds. I was so skinny. It just did not work. Let's figure out what works and it just slowly started building muscle again slowly started feeling better slowly my energy came back and guess what it started i started moving i started you know uh, doing 100 miles uh successfully again it's my speed i never lost my speed so figure out what works and it's okay to dnf just understand that that just did not right. work and it's okay also i want to switch topics a little bit like what's your um what kind of watch do you wear like for your trainer Okay, so I have the Phoenix Six Solar, and you know the, the new one they came out with, and I, I, I love data. I'm a data guy. I can look at people's, I can, I can, I can look at people's Strava numbers. I can see exactly what they're doing right, what they're not doing right, their threshold. I can see absolutely. I can go on Strava. I can see the races. So I'm a data guy. I love data, heart rate training. I love it, and I and. And this watch has a lot of it. But, I mean, really, honestly, like the Garmin was a 645. I also have a Garmin 645 for work. Man, I use that for most of my 100 miles because it, it has a little hookup on the side for your battery uh, pack. You can charge it on your on the run, and you're good. You don't need – that's all you need to have a good, uh, to have a good right, running base. You've done um, – I see you on Strava, and you do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, you know, I like keeping up. And that's one thing I like giving. I love giving you my training. Like, I'm going to give you everything I do. Like, I'm not going to be those guys. Well, no, nah, here. This is what I'm doing. And I, either I'm doing right or wrong. I'm going to tell you, I, this did not work. But this worked. Because that's the thing about giving. When you learn to give something, it's like magic. Great things happen in your life, right? It's like doors open up. It's like, wow, how did that open up, you know? And that's the thing about it is that the key is to learn to give back to the sport that gave right. you back it's, so it's much. It's a gift, honestly. Just getting out there. Just running. Yeah, it really is. It's just, there's so much benefits to it that people don't realize. But it's a gift until, like, you know, you can't do it, and then you sit on the couch because your hip's kind of bothering you, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't realize how great. Uh, you know, it, you go back and you're grateful and thankful for when you are running great. And, and sometimes you got to stop and watch and say, hey, you know what? That was a great run and I'm okay with where I'm at instead of saying, I want more. I need more. I need another PR. You know, if you're not happy with your with what you have, you're never going to have – you're never going to get right. more because sometimes you're never going to be happy. People, you just – sometimes it could take time to um, hit another PR or get the bar higher. Sometimes it just takes time. It might not happen overnight. Yeah, and then 
It might never happen, but guess what? Say, say I never. So one of my big goals, and I didn't. I was so naive when I first started have mar- uh, training, have marathons. I wanted to sub one fifteen, because when I first did one, I did like a one thirty seven. I was like at two hundred thirty pounds, two hundred pounds, two thirty seven. I wanted to get down. Like my goal was to get under a one thirty. It was like so impossible that I would get a, uh, under one thirty. Then the goal was to get under a one twenty, and it took me like two years to finally get under one twenty. And then I was like, when am I ever gonna get under one eighteen? Because I wanted to get under one fifteen because I thought that number was gonna make me happy. And then I realized that man it's just a number you know it's just a number and uh i think that's one thing that was like my shift like okay this is never gonna make me happy let's figure out what really does make me happy sometimes you just gotta dip into the unknown and just find out just well when it comes down to same thing with you like what is your goal like it's boston your goal it's it's what's what's your okay so what is your goal Okay, and then just use stepping stones. Set a time, go set a time, and just use stepping stones. I really like the half marathon. Uh, I love the half marathon because you can get faster on it, and it doesn't break you down. Once a year, do a marathon, and then that's your kind of your finish line, and then start tweaking stuff with your half marathon training. And then you're gonna be surprised how fast you get when you can kind of not really go backwards, if that makes sense, and then really get faster on that half marathon. And then next, you know that because what's your BQ like a three? 310305 no you got to do it 305 huh so 305 to get to boston yeah 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 but if you're saying consistently with it you love it you love it you know it will come the time will come and guess what's going to happen when you do get there you're going to appreciate it more and that's one thing when i my first year when i didn't get into
and, and and it's like to evolve. I think that's what it comes down to. Either maturity, as I'm being 42 years old, I'm not the same runner who I was 36, 37. I, I would be the first one to tell you I was very egotistic. I was after a number, but it just everything just evolved, and it's 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 okay. You know, everybody has their own time and their own moment to know. It's like okay, figure out why you're doing what you're doing, and that is my that was my journey. I had to go through everything to realize where I'm at with my you know, alcoholism with, with everything. That's part of it. You have to go through all the tough times to make you appreciate what you yep. really have at That's that so moment. important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told you we could uh, talk forever, man. <laughs> I'm glad you came on. So. All right. Okay. Thank you for coming on. All right, dude. Passion and motion fitness podcast. Take care. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later, man.